The Super 90s Brothers is brought to you by Speak Spokane and presented to you by Delicious Hamburgers. This episode of the Super 90s Brothers was brought to you by Giant Donut Marketing. Did you know you can hire a website developer, marketing director, and SEO specialist for 250 bucks a month? It's true. With Giant Donuts marketing, site maintenance, and paid advertising plans, you get access to the experts you need for one monthly price. See what they can do for you by reaching out to them on their website at giantdonutmarketing.com or any of their social channels. Mention you heard about them here on Super 90s Brothers for special promotions. Go check them out today. Super 90s Bros is brought to you in partnership with Delicious Hamburgers. Why Delicious? Since 1998, Delicious has been providing Spokane's best burgers. Why? Because at Delicious, the burgers are never frozen. Why? Because it tastes better. Delicious prides itself on fresh beef, fresh veggies, and made-to-order fries. And with a variety of sauces all made in-house each day, you can trust that everything is meticulously handmade the same way it has been since 1998. So what are you waiting for? Delicious is located at 1625 North Division Street. Delovable, delightable, delectable, delicious. Hello, and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I'm your host, Brennan. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? What am I going to do here? I'm going to go crazy. There's nothing but a lot of white women dressed as nuns. What am I going to do here? Nothing you could say could tear me away from my God. My God. Nothing you could do because I'm stuck like glue to my God. My God. My God. I'm sticking to my God like a stamp to a letter like birds of a feather. We stick together. I'm telling you from the start. Well, there we go. My God. My God. And in, in, in the rendition of My Girl? No. My Girl. Yes. Also a movie. My Guy. No, My Guy. My Guy. It's My Guy, not My Girl. Sorry. My yeah. Girl is a, is a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're back for our final episode during Black History Month. We're Ow. actually outside of Black History Month. Um, but... This so happens to be, Adam, that March is Women's History Month. So Ow. we're kind of doing doing it both here. Uh uh we're so yeah. Um so we're yeah, we're celebrating women and um African Americans. So uh let's uh <laughs> let's get into it. Uh well let's get into a little bit of catch up. How how are you doing? Doing good, man. Uh quarantine is a year next week. A year next week i remember my wife had like a little freak out on day two like what am i gonna do like what am i gonna do you know spinning at home all this and i remember i remember being on a walk with her and like grabbing her by the shoulder and be like jill calm down it's day two i can't lose you right now (laughs) i don't know how long this is gonna take it has been a long 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 year and uh i am i'm ready for life to go back to normal that not that it ever will uh we already lost a year of our lives to to this so uh i'm older balder fatter uglier covid year yeah like we literally just lost a year of our lives um when you think of it like that it's really depressing actually i gained a lot of video game playing though in that year that's true i i got some video game playing i got to play like a, a full game 
and I got a new job. That was great. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I got to apologize. We were about a week or two late. Um, just a lot of crazy things happen here at speak studios and, uh, all good things. But, um, one of the reasons why we're probably, um, uh, why it's been a little, a little crazy. Um, so Adam, the pizza reward, we, we got the pizza to our friend, Adam, and he ate it. So, uh, Great. <laughs> Did we get confirmation that he ate it? Because all I ever got was confirmation from the delivery driver that he left the pizza at, outside the house. I uh, I messaged Adam after, like, I was like, "Oh, the pizza's there," and he's just like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting home." I'm like, "Okay, well, you're gonna have two cold pizzas for you waiting for you on your doorstep." Um, but uh, thanks for reviewing the show, Adam, and you know, taking part. And we have a special surprise for you at the end of this show that we'll announce. Um, relating to a topic that you've wanted us to do, but we'll, we'll save that for the end of the show. Yeah. But what are we talking about today, Brennan? Today we're talking about the sister act trilogy that was not finished. Um, don't know if it was ever meant to be a a trilogy. Um, never got a third one. Um, Disney's probably in the works for a third one now they're, you know, they're regurgitating all their shit right now. Um, but yeah, we're doing, you still don't really know how to set up the title for me. You know I'm going to do that ow thing every time, but you don't set it up. Like, you don't tee it up. You continue talking after the title. Okay. Well, Sister Act ow! is what we're doing today. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you want to do your ow? No. Oh. Um, debuted May 29th, 1992. Um, box office was $231 million. Um, ow! You know, which obviously fast tracked it for Sister Act Two, which we'll talk about after Sister Act One. I'm going to give. Am I giving my bad synopsis or am I giving my impression first? I think we're doing impressions first. Do you remember seeing this movie, Adam? Did you see this in the theater? No, I saw. It. We rented it when it came out. I remember watching it when we rented it. I remember there was a lot of buzz about it. I remember. Um, I wouldn't say that it was a big draw for me at age eight or however old I was when this came out. It was about like Whoopi Goldberg, who was like a singing nun. Mm. And, you know, I'm I was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger guy at the time. Is there anything more polar opposite to Arnold Schwarzenegger than singing nuns? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe singing animals. Yeah. So I thought this movie was like not for me. Right. And I wasn't. I don't know. I thought it was going to be, I wasn't going to see it, but my parents rented it and made me watch it. And then I liked it surprisingly. So uh, that was my initial impression. I thought it was good. I thought it was funny. What'd you think? Yeah, I loved it. I uh, thought it was a, I don't think, I, I don't know if I went and saw it in the theater. I probably did. I don't know. I mean, that was back in the day when it cost $5 to go to a movie. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, it was, I mean, it. you know me, I love a, I love a, musical this is not really a musical per se, but like tunes. there's you know there, there's a lot of music in it you know little little brennan probably danced to this movie or got really excited about people singing so um little brennan in his room in his pajamas 3 a.m dancing to my god <laughs> uh that, that probably didn't happen you know, probably not my favorite soundtrack i mean but it was a fun it was a fun movie it was a Whoopi goldberg and i feel like this must have been Whoopi goldberg's heyday because i mean she had just came off of winning an oscar for ghost and you know she 
you know, she was all over the, she's all over the world at this, at this time. Um, I feel like she was really big. Was she really big at this time? Yeah. I totally forgot she was an Oscar winner. Yeah. That seems counterintuitive to me, but she was really good in ghost and in this movie. So I, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, she yeah. is a really good performer after like watching this movie again, after all these years, like I forgot what a good performer she is. Mm. Yeah. She's yeah. She was, I, it's a shame that her career kind of went, I mean like that she didn't do more like into the two thousands. I think she kind of, maybe it was this, I don't know if she got tired of it or she was, she's on the, like the voice now or something like that. She was on the view or something. The, view, forever. the voice, the view. Yeah. She might be on the uh, voice now. I don't know. No, she's that, not on the voice. It seems now. like there's 800 D celebrities on that fucking show every other week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, Brennan, watching it as an adult, I've, I've, I've continued. I've introduced to my children and my children love dancing and singing and whatever, what have you. And so, um, when we hang out this summer, you're not bringing the kids, are you? I don't think I can take the three of you singing and dancing the whole time. Well, it's mostly just me and Link singing and okay. dancing. All right, well, bring Ivy then. Ivy keeps to herself most of the time. Oh, I like that. Um, but, you know, me and Link can't be contained. Yeah, um, well, maybe just Abby and Ivy could come. <clears throat> that's true. Yeah, they, they could. They could just come. Um, so Brennan, I, I mean, that, that's probably w- what you'd rather have anyways. You'd rather have Abby than me. I mean, she is the, she's the draw. So she's, she's funnier. That's all. I mean, I've told her that I've told her she should get into standup. So enough about my wife being funny, funnier than me. Yeah. Um, that's all right. My wife is better than me. A lot of things more likable. I mean, that's, that's the goal in life, right? To have someone that's better than you. Yeah. I don't know. You like, yes, I guess. Like, you want to be with somebody. We're really getting off on a tangent here. Why don't we just give you, why don't you give us your bad, your bad synopsis? I will give us my bad synopsis. I've actually practiced this bad synopsis in my head as I was walking to work today. In, um, in your little iPhone mirror? <laughs> yes. Um, Dolores is a nightclub singer in Las Vegas. Her boyfriend is in the mob. She watches her boyfriend kills somebody and then it gets really scared and goes to the police. The police then put her into witness protection into a nunnery. Um, meanwhile, her boyfriend, Harvey Keitel has put a hit on her and now they're trying to find her to kill her. Um, but she's deep undercover in a nunnery where she then takes them, takes their, their bad congregation or like, but not bad congregation, but like she, Upset because she's a night she's a night she's a nightclub singer and she wants to make it make it fun make the music fun because it's really boring and it's you know it's god music she wants to make it she takes pop hits and turns them into god god no one's coming to the church anymore don't forget that oh no one's no one is coming to the church anymore so people need to come to the church so they can like so they can make money to stay you know business or whatever you need money to worship god we've learned that over the years exactly um organized religion has taught us that without money there's no real love for christ but they become such they become so big in their city whatever they decide to take this show on the road to lot back to las vegas and of course Whoopi or dolores or sister mary clarence does not want to go back there and then i don't know how it ends but that's that's pretty much the synopsis of the movie you don't know how it ends i mean i imagine harvey Keitel gets caught yeah, they and, like yeah, 
they catch then, the bad guys and the nuns. They're like chasing the nuns through like Vegas, or it might have been Reno. I don't remember. They're like chasing them. Reno, yeah. They're like chasing them through the casinos and stuff. And it's kind of like a, it gets a little hokey at that point. Cause there's like yeah. all these, there's like a dozen like 70 year old chubby white women running away from the mob through the streets of Reno successfully. Mm. But it's at that point, you're so like, you don't even care. Yeah. But then she's left with the choice to either go back to her regular life or go back to being a nun. And she chooses to go back to being a nun because she was having so much fun. Is that even a thing? Did nuns just like let you join? I thought you had to go through like convent training or something. You definitely have to do some type of training, but I don't know if it's like that. Like, well, like they wouldn't just let anybody come be a nun. No, that you have to. They have to believe that your love for God is above all else. I would think. Yes, you. I mean, you do have to like make that oath. I think (laughs) be in love Uh, with God. To be in love with God. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's true. And um, sing my God instead of my but, uh, guy. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's play a little drop for you. Yeah, mother says Mary Clarence's background in music. Really, Mary Clarence? Were you a choir mistress? Sort of freelance. Freelance? Really? Oh. You don't think I see. You think I took vows yesterday. I know what you're up to. You and Reverend Mother. Uh, what? You're a ringer. She brought you here to replace me. Out with the old. Well, that was that was Sister Mary Clarence being Mary introduced Clarence? to the other nuns. Um, after, uh, yeah, because like the only nun that knows that she's not a nun is Maggie Smith. Is that is that correct? Yeah, Maggie. No, Maggie Smith, famous from uh, Downton Abbey and Hook and a million other things is sort of, I think her name is Mother Superior, or Reverend Mother, that's her name, Reverend Mother, and she is like, uh, she's in charge of the nunnery, and she's the only one that knows the truth about Whoopi, so she has to like kind of help keep her secret from all the other nuns. Yeah, she was, they were hiding her, and yeah, they needed a, they needed a good cover, um, so <laughs> I, I think there could have been a better cover than going to a nunnery, though. I, I just like, can't imagine a scenario where the FBI is like, you know where we need to put you? A nunnery, where there's, like, no guards, no security. Like, and, and it's not even that far away. Like, the the opening scene in Vegas or Reno or whatever, and then she goes to the Bay Area to hide in a nunnery, which really isn't that far from Reno. It's, like, five hours. <laughs> I, do, I didn't even consider that it was in the Bay Area. Yeah, um, they're like, this mob's trying to kill you. Where would we put you? Let's drive you five hours away and put you in a nunnery as the only black woman in an all-white nun. <laughs> like, hood. <laughs> You'll fit I was, right in. I was going to point that out. I was just like, yeah, like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, yeah, Reno to, Reno to San Francisco is literally a drive. Like, yeah, it's really I, quick. I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, but, but yeah, like the the characters in this movie are great, though. Whoopi's amazing, obviously, and then the famous. I imagine she's a. I imagine she's a dame. Um, if that's, I don't know if that's true. Um, but she's uh, Maggie Smith is awesome, and then Kathy Jimmy. She's popped up a couple times in. Uh, I think maybe just in Hocus Pocus. Um, where do you want to start at, though? Who do you want to start with? Uh, we're doing fine. Uh, okay. Let, let's start with uh, Kathy Najimi. We love her from King of the Hill and Hocus Pocus. Well, I Brennan didn't know she was in Hocus King of the Hill. What'd you say? I didn't know she was in King of the Hill. She's Peggy Hill. She's Peggy Hill? Yeah. Man. Peggy. By the way, when you go back and watch King of the Hill a little bit older, 
Peggy is fucking hysterical. Like everything Peggy says is funny. She's so into herself and oblivious to like the real world. It's it's fucking hysterical. I I, I did not realize that she was that was her, but I I uh, uh yeah, she's great and she's great in this. Um, I think she's a lot better than in this than she's in Hocus Pocus when she's like is really weird, weird. and that, like weird yeah. messed out. Yeah, with. this movie and King of the Hill are like the only times I really feel like she showcased her her comedic talents well and and like if you watch her interviews and on she's been on like talk shows and stuff like that she's really funny she's just like really she's a really funny personable woman yeah for sure um and then and then harvey Keitel's in this movie as well as a mob boss as the boyfriend mob boss who puts a a hit on his girlfriend i i i'm i'm going to be the first to admit this seems like the weirdest couple in like cinematic history like, I don't ever picture Har- Harvey Keitel and Whoopi Goldberg together. Even in the movie, it seems odd. Like, when at the beginning, when they're like a couple, you're like, huh? Like, it, it doesn't seem like she would like him, and it doesn't seem like he would like her, like, at all. Yeah, it, it it's a, it's an interesting combination. But, you know, we all have our people, we all have our, you know, things that we like. Um <laughs> um and then of course she's joined by like a ton of nuns um the nuns know. are like the best part of the movie really there's just yes. like there's just this group of these sweet old pious nuns and they're just they're so earnest and sincere and they're just they're adorable mm. uh and my favorite nun who you can tell by my uh, if you can't this isn't a video but i have my name is sister mary robert and she's like she's my she was my favorite nun and she's very very cute um sister mary it, robert which one is that is that the one that like learns how to sing yes like okay so i read that she was the only one that they like voiced over her her role when she was oh, singing oh that's funny so like she, she, the couldn't one, she really couldn't sing yes the actress really couldn't sing and but she learns how to sing but they just dubbed it over <laughs> but like um, whoopee Whoopi like sang all her own parts. Yeah, Whoopi's a she's a singer, isn't she? Like that's like I don't I mean, know. I was going to ask be... that. I don't. I don't. I don't know a ton about Whoopi's background. Was she a singer in the old days? In the eighties? I, I feel like that's like something I just made up, but I feel like it. Brennan be fact. I know. Um, we need but, a Brennan uh, fact drop. A, yeah, we do need a Brennan fact drop. Um, I don't know. She's an actress. Most actors and actresses know how to sing. Like they all like. Yeah, they, a little. Like, yeah, but there's a pretty big difference between being a comfortable as a chorus member in a musical and having a lead role with solos. Like any person that can sing will tell you those aren't the same skills. So not every actor can sing. And she probably grew up in like the church and probably sang in choir and stuff like that. I mean, that's something that she has in her in her arsenal. Uh, and uh, but you know who else is in this movie that we didn't that you, we didn't mention is uh, this guy this actor Bill Nunn who like he's in a ton of movies in the nineties. He's just kind of a bit, a bit actor, but um, looking at Bill Nunn, he looks like an older, um, uh, who's the, the, the guy on um, SNL who is um, like, like Keenan Thompson. He looks like Keenan Thompson. Um, oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. He's I know in that this guy. movie and he's also, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, it's a good, I would say this where this movie shines is it's, it's actors like the like it's uh what am i trying to say the the group uh, like i'm ensemble ensemble thank you 
mm-hmm. I'm all I don't have the words today. Um, today, but uh, the so the production history, Adam, why don't you get into this? Well, it was written by this guy named Paul Rudnick, who wrote Adam's Family One and Adam's Family Values. We just recently covered Adam's Family Values. Check that out in a prior podcast. He also wrote In and Out, which uh, was I think I feel like that had some Oscar buzz at the time, and um, that's the one with Kevin Klein. He's not mm-hmm. he's like a teacher, and he's not sure if he's gay. And then he also wrote Stepford Wives. So this guy this guy has a pretty good history of of writing commercially successful comedies which is not an easy thing to do so Mm -hmm. sister act very popular 230 million at the box office are you kidding me that's got to be that's got to be i'm sure that was some kind of record at the time for a musical like it had to have been yeah Um, yeah, i don't i don't have the number like i don't know the numbers like from that year but like yeah it definitely um that's nuts that's that's well especially for a cast that's like only supported by Whoopi goldberg like really like they're in 1992 no less yeah like uh, you know what's funny you know what else came out in 90, 1992 with harvey Keitel? reservoir dogs mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um but uh but yeah that's a that's an interesting fact that like this guy wrote all like this, yeah this is a great i mean it's a good i thought i think this script's pretty good and doesn't have too much tr- tropes like um so i also it. i also found a tidbit that carrie fisher from Star Wars, Princess Leia had contributed to an early draft of the script. Mm. So what what'll happen sometimes is some people will do what's called like a cleanup. Um, some production companies use different terms, but essentially you give a script, you give someone else's script to a different writer and say, we want to make it a little cuter. We want to make the old ladies a little sweeter, something like that. Go through the script and polish it up and do that. So that mm. I, to what extent, is changed varies on the production, but a polish or, or like a touch up, you're usually not changing more than five to 10% max of a script, but mm-hmm. it's those, those details are very important. So interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that she was a screenwriter by trade and, uh, that she was part of this. And, um, it was directed by Emil Ardolino, who also did Dirty Dancing, which is one of Brennan's favorite movies. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I got a quick Dirty Dancing anecdote. I have this this gay friend named Ken from Portland, and he's kind of a chubby guy with a big bushy beard. And he okay. there's he did this app thing where he, you like pay ten bucks, and somebody puts your facial expressions on like a character, and he put his on Baby from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> it was so funny so you've got baby with like this big chubby like bushy haired man's face being held up by swayze like in the water (laughs) (laughs) so anyway uh the director did dirty dance he also did three men and a three men and a little lady which isn't as good as three men and a baby um this so this was meant to be a like a full-blown disney label disney film with bet midler as the Mm. lead and she was going to sing all the parts, and Bette Midler was like really popular for singing in in like the late seventies and eighties, so that kind of makes sense. But Bette Midler backed out for some reason. Mm. Not, I didn't read why, and um, they almost like ankled the whole project. But at the last second, Whoopi Goldberg was signed, and they decided to roll with it. Um, and she came in, sang all her own parts. And this is another interesting thing. I found that the soundtrack for Sister Act reached as high as number 40 in the United States in sales for records sold at when it was released. It, wow. It's high It's high on the total record sales chart was number 40. 
Can you believe that? The Sister Act soundtrack was the 40th most popular record in America for a time. That's um th- that's impressive. I mean, I mean, it's almost I mean, it doesn't surprise me though. Um Do you remember that I, South Park where like uh they wanted to go they, they wanted to go platinum, but nobody was listening to their music, so Cartman started this bullshit Christian rock group because Christians support music so well, and they like they went like triple platinum, but in the Christian rock world they don't call it platinum, they call it myrrh or something. <laughs> <laughs> But that reminded me of this. It was like, wow, Christians really do support music. (laughs) The 40th soundtrack in the world. Holy shit. Um, That's funny. I I think what's more interesting there is that if that Bette Midler was was attached to be Whoopi's part, and that would have been such a different movie. It would have made a little more sense, the relationship between Kaitel and her, I guess. I wonder if Kaitel was cast before she backed out. Mm. just like aesthetically looking at Kaitel and Midler, you say, okay, they could, they could be together. Um, but Kaitel seems too old for Whoopi in this movie. Yeah, he does. Um, but going back to the, the soundtrack, should we, should we get into our song of the month? Our very, we've got two because we're doing two movies. So our first song of the month, play it, Brennan. So that was the number one song the time at the time this movie was released. And we this was released, and we said earlier in the show, in May 29th, 1992. So the end of May, the very beginning of summer, Jump by Criss Cross. Ow! Yeah, that brings back so many memories. That's that's more in my wheelhouse of music, Adam. Right Jump. there. Yeah, crisscross. Do you have Chris, do you have this song on your like iPhone or whatever? I mean, on my iPhone? Like is it like Like yeah, is it saved to the hard drive of your iPhone in your My Music or whatever? Or do you not um, even do that? Are you just like a Spotify guy? No, I'm a, I Apple Apple Music. I mean, but I it's not saved. I mean, it's definitely there if I wanted to ever listen to it, I could. So um, I remember being at my buddy Kip's house. I've talked about Kip a few times. We hung out a lot when I was like seven, eight, nine years old. So mm-hmm. his, he had this older sister who wasn't too much older than us. She was just like four years older. So she was like the range of older where it was, she was like kind of hot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me anyway. Her name was Aaron. And long story short, she like I remember like we were hanging out at his house and she this video came on and she was like these guys are so hot and she was like an 11 year old girl whatever you know and i remember like being so confused at the time i remember thinking wow she's never going to like me like i'm not like them at all <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, that's but crisscross was cool do you remember like kids wearing their clothes fucking backwards though do you, yep do you remember you I couldn't do. you couldn't pee out of your jeans if you did that you had to like Take your jeans down. I definitely did that every once in a while, and um, you went crisscross. Oh, absolutely. I had, I had um, the, I had um, cross colors. Like I had, like I had some. I had the apparel. Like I had the hat. Like I had it all. Like that was like a big present for me. I, I was able to get like your parents cr- on Christmas morning. 
you opened up a big bu- bundle and it, you got the crisscross like wardrobe and you're like, thanks, it's just what I wanted. Yeah, I definitely I had cross color co- co- colors like yeah stuff like yeah I I was very proud of that um, <laughs> and yeah this song yeah it made me want to jump I remember it, this was such approachable music for me because it was like kids my age rapping and jumping um, and jumping you know did all those things. When you watch the video now, the jumping looks really awkward. They, 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 it reminds me of like the kids in Nick Arcade. Like they're jumping to a blue screen. Like they don't really know what's going on. They don't really know where they're jumping. It's just like a very mechanical upward jump. Mm. I, it's true. It does, it's, I, House of Pains, a jump around. What I always liked a lot better than this one. I thought the song was better and they jumped like normal people in that video. Mm. That makes sense. Um, I don't know how to react to that. I don't. I've never noticed they're jumping. I honestly, they're jumping is. But I'll go back and watch it and it just realize looks, how. It just me- looks like mechanical. they're standing completely still, and then the director says, "Okay, action!" And they do very, like a very mechanical jump, and then that cuts, and then they, mm-hmm. they like turn forty five degrees and do it again, and the director like slices them in and out. It just looks awkward. It doesn't look like they're having fun jumping. It looks like they're jumping because of one of those like PE fitness tests. You remember where mm-hmm. you'd have to like stretch. Yeah, they'd be like, "Can you true. touch your toes?" I'd be like, "No," and I'm like, "You get a C." I'm like, "What? I didn't do anything. I just can't touch my toes. What do you want me to do?" I hated those fucking tests. I could never touch my toes. <laughs> I have stubby uh, arms. I can't. Yeah, I cannot touch my. I've never been able to touch my toes. Like, like stretching, never. And do you remember getting bad grades in that in like the fitness test? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Like, what are you supposed to do? Mm. I'm not sure. Let's stretch more and get more limber. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, that was crisscross, which was it, it was a one hit wonder, and it passed after a couple months and was mostly forgotten. It wasn't one of those songs you hung on to and you heard a bunch growing up through the '90s. It just had a very little fun place and time for three to six months, and then it became just one of those funny stories. Don't you think? I mean, it's definitely one of those songs that I, when I hear now, I, I you jump. jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well you gotta watch them on the video so you can do their weird mechanical awkward jumping next time um i do remember them like trying to come back like in the early like in the mid 2000s and did not did not work out for them um and unfortunately one of the one of the members of crisscross um james christopher kelly um he passed away in 2013 which was oh was very very sad oh, um, i didn't know that when i heard about it um that is so. sad um but yeah crisscross will always have a, a place in my heart because it was definitely one of the like mc hammer like crisscross like was very like approachable rap and like got me into that into you know r&b and rap even more as a, as a child so definitely holds a near and dear place in my heart so i've been um, watching sopranos again and mm. do you remember tony's friend hesh He's the old Jewish guy and he he like he's like a music producer and he rides horses and well anyway there's a there's an episode in season 1 about how like he sort of ripped off or was like using all these like young black musicians and like how he made all the money but he was using their talent and I've always sort of felt that way about crisscross it's like I, I who are like the sleazy, sleazy old white men that like found these two little kids and like gave them this image like do you want me to these tell you kids who found did, them? what'd you say do you want me to tell you who found them yeah go ahead 
Jermaine Dupri found him. Oh, really? Yeah, in 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 Atlanta, he found them, and uh, he actually discovered them at a at a mall. Um, I don't know if he like I don't know if they were performing or what, but like, and he found them and then like signed them to Rough House Records. Um, and like, yeah, they're probably a little bit like, you know, made like, but like they were they were found, and yeah, Jermaine Dupri. Um, well, that's a better story than I had yeah. envisioned, at least. <laughs> I I just always thought that their their look and their this whole theme there was very corporate. Like it was very designed by people, you know? I mean, they lived in Atlanta during the early nineties. So like they're entrenched in probably, you know, the hip hop culture of the time. And like, they definitely probably had, I mean, one of the reasons why they were probably picked is because they had a look. Um, I don't know if they knew how to rap, but maybe they, I mean, I don't, I don't know too much about the history of, uh, of them but uh well maybe uh, maybe an awesome listener will email us with some inside knowledge uh you can email the show at super 90s brothers at gmail.com you can reach out to us on facebook twitter and all that shit and uh, we'd love to interact with you guys so definitely reach out if you want to share some crisscross stories or love or passion or maybe you dated one of them that'd be a cool story if there's a girl out there email us that story um anyway so is there anything else you want to say about sister act one i this is a largely musical episode today i've got a lot of stuff going on but i you know, I, I don't know what else there is to say too much about the movie other than it's good. It holds up. You guys should check it out. Like if you haven't seen it in forever and you forgot it, it's it's an enjoyable rewatch. Yeah, it is. And I would say like of the of like we usually do dumb shit about stuff. Like I would say like for this movie, I, I've got dumb shit at the bottom. Don't worry. Oh, oh for all for all encompassing. Yeah, an all encompassing dumb shit okay. category. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't got much to say. This is a good, yeah, it's on Disney, Disney plus go watch Disney it. plus. Yeah. Which I um, didn't know. So I like streamed it on YouTube or something with shitty quality. And then I like was on Disney plus like a day later and I was like, Oh fuck, there it is. Just assume that it's on one of the, the, the eight. Okay. Um, so should we move on <laughs> to part two? Yes, absolutely. Part two. Day, Sister act two. Um, is it called, is it, is it have a name? Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. habit. Mm. Um, Debuted a year later, December 10th, 1993. So about a year and a half later. They they needed at least six months to make this movie. um, To a box office of 57 million. They went for the the holiday release, which I think they were like, we're going to make a ton of money. And I think it ended up making them fall on their face because this movie bombed. Um, like absolutely bombed, and I, and are you? It sounds like you're going to do the loose synopsis today. Yeah, because I I want to rail on it. I I just want to. This is such a pile of shit. It's like Sister Mary Catherine Whoopi Goldberg. You know, Clarence. She's working with the nuns again, and the nuns need her help because they're working with like a troubled school, and uh. uh lo and behold, there's like a music program that's completely like out of whack. And there's all these kids who are like super talented, like Lauren Hill, but none of them like to sing the music. None of them like are organized. They're just like a bunch of, it's like every stupid nineties coach fixes a bunch of bad kids movie ever. Like that, like dangerous minds, the substitute, the substitute to that stupid movie where the rock gridiron gang it's like it's like this is the plot of every one of those stupid bad movies where there's like a bunch of inner city kids who have a lot of like soul and style but they don't want to fall into like traditional like white archetypes you know 
and and they they work together to find a blend of the two um and it's that synopsis in itself or that plot line isn't all that bad but the execution of this one was so fucking terrible and it's mostly because there's all these like annoying white teenage guys who are like into rap that are Mm. they're obnoxious like it's it's cringy to watch. There's this like really annoying guy named Frank K. I think I've got some drops of him in the in that we're gonna lead up to. It mm-hmm. is it's some of the it's some of the worst it, it's it'll be clips that people show like 50 years from now when they talk about like bad 90s whitewashing. Like bad like, like it, it's it's the poster child for like stupid annoying white people. Um, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's definitely, uh, a, a bad, ter- I, I can't, a I can't character. even keep talking about it without sharing it. Will you play, uh, cut four, please? There it is. It's. I I wonder how many people just clicked off. Like I. <laughs> it's, like we we're sort of at fault for rebroadcasting it. Like we're spreading pollution. We are. We are absolutely are. Like yeah. It's it's a it's a bad character. They should have they shouldn't have put this character in the movie. They did because they it's an it's the nineties. And there was a ton of. I'm not gonna. I mean, I won't lie to you. Like this isn't. It's a bad character, but there's people like this that existed and they existed in Spokane too. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I suppose that's true. I, I mean, but, I don't remember, I don't remember any of them that rapped exactly. I remember dudes that acted like this, but I don't remember them also being musically inclined or thinking they were musically inclined with a mm. rap flavor. I'm sure they were out there, but my God, <laughs> did I not want to hang out with them? Another really stupid part of this movie is like the plot of the movie is that the, like the school board or the board that runs, you know the program they want to turn the school into a parking lot <laughs> well that's that's fair i mean that's like I mean, it's downtown san francisco like that's prime real estate so you know that's, if you know anything about real you'd estate, make so much money with a parking lot in downtown sf right now oh my god it would have been a way better investment to kick all those bad white kids out of that school that couldn't rap and just build a fucking parking lot <laughs> um I, yeah going back to the plot like it's just the old troop trope of um of save the school like it's like a three stooges like originated and then hundreds of movies have used this trope throughout cinema like it's just like it's it's been reused and reused and reused um there's a you know there's really bad cliches the the ending is a big concert in front of like you know the whole world mm or whatever that saves the school they're all so impressed you know is well we can't turn into a parking lot now look at that white kid rap but more importantly i would say is that this movie introduced um everyone to lauren hill um miss lauren hill as she goes by now and uh jennifer love hewitt so uh jennifer love hewitt is not cute in this movie though she is like weird looking it's hard to explain but she doesn't look good she's like a small character too like she's not like a very like it's not like she doesn't have a large part, does she? No, she's barely in it. I think um, she I think she might be the girl 
No, she's not the girl that can't sing. That's some other annoying actress that's in that. There's there's this really annoying girl that plays like Marsha's friend in the Brady Bunch movie from like 93. And that mm. girl's also in this movie. And she is so obnoxious and annoying. I, I just feel like everyone in this movie is so obnoxious. They, they it's a, it, I don't know what they were doing to make this, like why they, why they went this direction, why they introduced all these annoying teenagers. I guess like they were trying to appeal to like the younger Younger people, I don't know. It let's make, make let's make a singing nun movie that appeals to young people. Like, come on, what the fuck are we doing? You had singing nuns. That's what people liked about the first one. Just bring back the singing nuns for like a bullshit waste of time sequel, and everyone would be like, everyone would have been like, yeah, it's not as good as the original, but you know, I like the music. That's what people would have said. Instead, we're like railing on it thirty years later, going like, what the fuck? What are they doing? There's these stupid white kid rappers. Oh, play drop five. No, sir, let's talk about your mama, who's so dumb she got hit by a parked car. I don't even know what to say. It's it's just like it's just layer after layer of putrid unlikability. I, I just think I mean it good I mean think about the the last song of the month. Like you, the the world has been taken over by hip hop and R and B and and so it made sense for probably the producers to be like, let's make this less about like the music from the last movie and make it more have be based on the music of today. And that's what they did. And so and it just didn't work for them. The music of today. Interesting. You should you should bring that up because this episode, we have a special double dose of song of that month. And this was the number one song at the time that Sister Act 2 came out, which would have been December 10th, 1993. So go ahead and play us the music of the time, Brennan, as you were eloquently stating. No way, and I would do anything for love. Oh, I would do anything for love. I would do anything for love. But I won't. Music of the tie. <laughs> that is that is a fun that is a funny dichotomy of uh, music to go from uh, crisscross to meatloaf. Um, this song that- is so stupid. This song is so bad. Uh, tell me, watch the music video. Oh, I, I remember watching. Well, I used, this is like MTV. This is like peak MTV, and like, of course, this music video was always. Oh, like, so you remember it? This, yeah, this so I is remember the, it. We- this is the weirdest fucking music video. <laughs> First of all, it's like eight minutes fucking long. Okay, yeah. Th- this music video is eight minutes long. All right, I don't want my fucking music video ever more than five minutes ever. The second, uh, like, I, what the hell is Meatloaf in this video? He's like this weird, like, hunchback goblin thing. And he's, like, bounding through the forest. And he's, like, hiding behind trees. He, like, kills a cop at one point, And he's, like, stalking this woman. There's, like, a woman, like, like sort of, like, around a fire. Or, or she's, like, in some warmth and safety. And he's, like, he's, like, in the shadows on the outside kind of, like, watching her and staring at her with, like, lust. And then the, the lyrics goes... I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And it's like, he's out in the woods, like, kind of glaring at this woman alone. Like, what is that? Is he talking about raping her? Like, it's so fucking weird. 
I, what I, is that? What is the thing he won't do? Because when it, when he sings that in the video, he's literally this creepy hunchback goblin thing staring at this woman alone in the dark woods, like lustfully. Like, what is he talking about? He's talking about. I will never forget the way you feel right now. I'm reading this right now. There's, I don't know. You, yeah, there's a, there's actually a, an answer to this. You know what? Read this in a minute. I'm not done ranting yet. Okay, so, sorry. So later in the video, <laughs> there's like a threesome or or something, and I I don't know what's going on there. And then after six minutes into the eight minute fucking video, suddenly it becomes a duet. Like a woman starts like singing back at him, like from from the fucking rafters, like an old opera or something. And it's, just, it's the weirdest fucking I can't believe this was the number one song in the world like or in America what 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 is wrong with Americans uh, that's a that's a great question I, I don't know what's wrong with them um this was a it's a I mean it's a funny like it's it's been made fun of a lot um over the years and it is it does beg the question like what won't he do um so he won't do that Okay, go like ahead and SNL, read what you I found. Feel, read I feel the like SNL had a, fun, had a fun time with this. Um, he'll never forget the way he feels right now. I'll never forgive myself if we don't go all the way tonight. I'll never do it better than I do it with you. I'll never stop dreaming of you every night of my life. I think it's about like, I don't know. Wait, wait, he'll he, never forgive himself if he doesn't go all the way? I will, I'll never forgive myself if we don't go all the way tonight. So he won't forgive himself unless he fucks her. He'll do anything but love, but he won't do that. Yes. What's that? He's obviously willing to fuck her. Um, there's I mean, there's nine things that he's they say that he won't do. Like he won't. I guess the. It seems like uh, he won't do a lot. That's true. Anyway, there's anyway, go watch this fucking video, guys. Meatloaf's <laughs> anything for love, and tell me what the fuck is going on. It's 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 a borderline horror video. Like it's so fucking creepy. I don't. I'm. I'm not even sure what Meatloaf. I don't even. Can't even name another Meatloaf song. Can you? Just the one from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> oh, that's where Meatloaf is from, huh? My soul, you know. Ah, I did not. I forgot about that. Um, I. I reading your. Um, reading your other the song that became one the next day. I really wish that would have been the song because that's like one of my uh, favorite songs from well, Janet Jackson. Well, go ahead. and say it and why why you think i I mentioned it what's that go ahead and say the song oh again by janet jackson yeah so that that became the number one song the very next day and when (laughs) i when i look these things up i try and do it the same day as the release um Mm. however since it's black history month of february women's history month in march i thought it was important to point that out janet jackson did overtake this terrible fucking song one day later so luckily (laughs) like meatloaf's reign of terror didn't last forever but my fucking god what a bad song it's a bad song um yeah and i hate ballads like one of the reasons why i also hate celine dion um yeah so getting back to sister act two like is there anything like re- like redeemable about this movie like anything at all that you want to bring up or is it just like it should it just be lost in time it's awful it's it's god awful it's one of those really bad sort of racist 90s movies unintentionally mm-hmm. that it's not it's not all that that makes it that terrible. That's just the cherry on top for how fucking terrible it is. The plot itself, the acting, the directing, the writing, all of it is terrible. Sister Act 2 is a giant steaming pile of shit. Mm. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, like I said, like, I think this movie should be forgotten. I think if they, you know, they should, if they were to ever reboot or remake this movie or like come out with a, a, a third one, they should just forget two ever existed. Um, what's the most memorable thing about this franchise for you, Adam? The sweet old nuns in part one. Like, I don't even remember Whoopi being all that great. I just remember liking the sweet old nuns. Yeah, I just I think what stand what really stands the test of time is the the first movie and the singing parts. Like there's they're really they were it was really well put together. And uh I yeah, I would that's probably the most memorable part for me is the is the singing and the the and yeah. And, you know, 40th, uh, what was it, 40, top 40 album of uh, 1992? Um, I might have even owned it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I have one <laughs> final thought about part two, and I, I don't even need to use my words. At the very end, um, there's, or not at the end, at the beginning, there's like this sort of a, like Muslim kid that kind of puts that annoying Frank Hay kid in his place a bit. And I thought it'd be appropriate to play that cut. Yeah, simple present would have done it, bro. And who are you? Frank Hay. Hey, Hello there, Mason. Let me kick an introduction. Flute, violin, bass, guitar, and that man, percussion. Whack, it seems man, you are a sister. Can't you come up with your own thing? Or must you continually come behind my people and steal our expressions? Mm-hmm. First jazz, then rock and roll, now rap. What you gonna try to take next, man? I'm gonna take your girl if you ain't careful. Keep talking, Excuse there, boy. me. Let's leave this display of manhood outside, shall we? Thank Best you. part of the movie. Best line of the movie, anyway. You know what? It comes in the very beginning of the movie, like you said. And so the people, they knew they were making a terrible character. They knew they were this, they knew they were stealing from black culture and making this white character, but they still, they should just let, let that character see it, see the door and like, just like get rid of them. But like, why did like, they, they even say that they, they even pointed out, they even have a character in a movie pointed out how terrible this character is. And yet this Frank K is like one of the main characters of this movie. Yeah. They were (laughs) self-aware. (laughs) <laughs> they were self-aware enough to not take him out. Um, well, they, they were self-aware how fucking terrible he was, but not self-aware enough to like do anything about it. It, it sort of reminds me of, um, I was listening to the Simpsons writers talk one time on like a behind the scenes DVD I was watching. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like sort of uh, off color jokes and how they get away with it is they always have Lisa come in and say something like why it's wrong. So they can make really bad off-color humor. And then Lisa will come in and be like, you know, this, this, and this. And then Marge or Homer will be like, yeah, yeah, Lisa. And they'll just go on. That's what this feels like. It feels like they knew this kid was awful. And somebody with half a fucking brain in the production said, could we say something about this? Could we do something about this terrible character? Like some like African-American intern. And like somebody's like, fine. Somebody shut that kid up and give, you know, give the Muslim kid a line about it. Like that's how it feels. Feels like a concession. It, it does. It really does. Um, <laughs> I get. It. I mean, I won't. We don't need to go any further on this. But uh, yeah, I think they should just cut it. Um, so, so you, you said they were making a third one. So they are making a third one. They've they have they have a script. They have a director. It's um, it, it's written by the co. I, I, it's written by someone who is associated with this show on HBO called Insecure, who I've talked about before. So they have um, 
Yeah, they're working on it. And I think they're probably working on it because Maggie Smith is old and they need her to be in the movie. Um, <laughs> um, and but like I all the cast has said they're on board to come back and, and do it. I, I mean, I don't know, you know, what the movie will be about. I'm assuming that they'll be won't be bringing back any of the, the kids um, and that it will be this more of a it'll probably just be Sister Act one redone, but differently. And I don't know, introduce some some actor that's of like that's famous right now into it you know how they do that with all the all the movies so yeah it's it's there there'll be something coming back either on disney plus or a, a feature who knows uh so disney doesn't have any original ideas except for like making marvel movies so are you are you gonna see it are you looking forward to a sister act three Oh, of course. I mean, I'll watch it. Like, I'm, I'm excited for Mighty Ducks, the new batch or whatever the hell it's called. So, like, I'm, I'm always. It's gonna be. What's so that? Bad. It's gonna be so bad. It's gonna be so bad. Um, so why are you excited? You know, it's not gonna be good. You're excited anyway. You're inside. You're just know. like you're just like the writers of this movie. You're inside. You're excited in spite of the problem. I think these movies. I think it's the nostalgia. It's nostalgia that I can actually share something with my kids that you know that I loved when I was a kid that's now for like their generation. I think that's fun. Like, you know, it is hard. It is hard to like go back and watch some of these old nineties movies for children are like my kid's age because it's so, it is dated. Like someone made a point. I watched them, saw a meme the other day that if they were making wonder years today and it was based on 20 years ago, it would be taking place in 2001 because wonder years took place in the sixties and came out in the eighties. Like that's how far, that's how far away from the early two thousands we are. And, and that just makes me feel so old and like, makes me feel like, you know, kids watching movies that are from the nineties are they're They're dated and they're, they're not of today's standards, you know? So I wrote a pilot uh, with a wonder years flavor, but it was set in the nineties. It was called before cell phones. Really? Yeah. It was about four, it was sort of, I wrote it before Stranger Things came out, but it was sort of like four young boys in the 90s and them growing up. And it was called hmm. Before Cell Phones. And I, I had a narrator. It was very much like, it was like Wonder Years meets the 90s. It was my whole like pitch. I like it. Um, I liked it too. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was really fun. But, you know, I wrote but, it before I went through a lot of my more formal education. So it was probably pretty raw. Yeah. Well, I I think I think you could I think you could make that now and make it into a movie or a t- t- series or something like that. So I think that need that that's going to exist as a TV show eventually. Um, well, I mean, that was Sister Act and uh, Sister Acts one and two. Um, go watch them. So yeah, check them out. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Any more dumb shit or anything? I'm I'm kind of you know I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got it. I think we I got, I got it all out. Um, and uh, well, I got as always, thank you. What's you that? can help. You can help us by giving us those awesome five star reviews. We haven't brought that up yet. Um, yeah, on yeah. iTunes, Apple Music, give us those five star reviews. We are collecting them like uh, Pokemon trainers, and we want to get all 150. And then there'll be a new fucking batch, and there'll be 300 more. So don't worry, we'll find new parameters. But anyway, give us those awesome five star reviews. Um, and Brennan, you had a you had a special announcement for our buddy Adam Lang. Yes. We will be doing our next episode on Tremors. Ow! 
Hey, you did it that time. What's that? You did the you did the pause. Good work. The pause thing. The pause. Thank you. Um, I was in a play once. I know how to hold for something. Um, uh, we're doing Tremors with uh, Kevin Bacon and I don't know the other actor's name, but uh, Fred Ward. Fred Ward from Fred Ward. Michael Um, Gross, Reba McIntyre. One of the Jacoby boys. Yeah, I'm excited to do this. I remember watching this movie as a child, so it will be a good it will be a good show for the, the of nostalgia. So. Yeah, so check out our next episode on Trimmers, and you guys keep having a kick-ass march. Thanks for listening to Super 90s Brothers. For Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another nunning episode of our show. Share us, like us, all that shit. You guys have a great march. Peace. This podcast was produced and edited by Speak Spokane.